I just think constantly asking ourselves, how can we find a better way to do what we do to solve the problem that's in front of us? I, I think it is possible to have both a very specific uh, interest and curiosity and passion for something, but then be curious about all, all other areas. On this episode of Change the Narrative, we hear from Explain Everything co-founder Rashawn Richards and his writing partner Steve Valentine about the many ways we can find inspiration outside of our areas of expertise. This is Change the Narrative, the podcast about innovation in education and the workplace. I'm your host and tour guide, Michael Hernandez. It sounds strange to admit it, but the very first time I left the country was when I took 16 high school students to Cambodia to make documentaries. Yes, it was a lot of work, but it was transformative for me as well as my students. We all walked away with a very different view of the world and our place in it, and we gained empathy for people who were very different from ourselves. I was mid-career when I decided to lead my students on these international documentary trips. I needed to jumpstart my enthusiasm for work and I needed to give my students perspective that most Americans lack. Textbooks and school materials failed to do the trick. We needed to look outside of the traditional educational system if we were going to make any meaningful change. Most of us don't get a sabbatical or can afford to travel very far, but we can still jog our minds when we look to people and experiences outside of our standard workspace. We can't make any meaningful change or progress if we stay locked inside our silos. I'm really excited to have on the show today a couple of really amazing guests. Dr. Rashawn Richards is Chief Learning Officer and co-founder of Explain Everything, Inc. and teaches at Teachers College, Columbia University and the Columbia University School of Professional Studies. Stephen J. Valentine is an educator, school leader, writer, and serial collaborator. He serves as the Assistant Head Upper School and Director of Academic Leadership at Montclair Kimberly Academy. He is Coordinating Editor of Kling Brief, author of Everything But Teaching. Um, together, Steve and Rashawn wrote Blending Leadership, Six Simple Beliefs for Leading Online and Off, and their next book, Make Yourself Clear, How to Listen, Understand, Explain Everything, and Be Understood, is about what businesses can learn from great teachers and great teaching, and will be published by Wiley in May. And you guys, I'm really super excited about this next book because I've been thinking about all of these issues a lot is like the interaction between the business world, the real world and education. And that's really what I wanted to dive into today because I feel like for me personally that I'm really inspired by a lot of folks that are outside of education. So I'm really excited about this idea of, of bringing these things together. So thanks for joining. Um, Rashawn, um, in the work you've been doing, developing Explain Everything, what is essentially a creativity app it seems like there's a lot of overlap between engineering and coding and art and design and business and marketing. And I'm sure you've got members of your team who work in each of those areas, but I'm, I'm sort of curious about how you can know enough about all of these different things to be successful. You know, Steve and I often talk about the difference between, you know, being really honed in and great at one thing versus being great at many things, which uh, maybe not so many people are really excellent at all of those things, but that just they're, foundations in a lot of areas is strong, but they're still mostly passionate uh, about one thing. And I, I think it is possible to have both a very specific 
uh, interest and curiosity and passion for something, but then be curious about all, all other areas. I love that idea of that, the word curious. So you don't have to be an expert, but you're just sort of interested and fascinated by it, or in my case, sometimes obsessed <laughs> or passionate, whatever your word is, but I, I like that. Steve, I read some uh, research that sort of touts the benefits of this generalist mindset that very successful people like Nobel laureates and innovative corporate leaders have many diverse interests outside of their main field of work. It's sort of like that story that we heard of like with Steve Jobs taking that calligraphy class in college that later informed his decision to include a variety of different kinds of fonts on the Mac when he developed that. So how do you see this idea of being good at more than one thing playing out with your own work as someone in a leadership role at a school? I just think constantly asking ourselves, you know, how can we find a better way uh, to do what we do to solve the problem that's in front of us and to look outside of our traditional scope of reference. Yeah. And how is that received? Cause you know, I'm an educator. I've been doing this for 20 years and new ideas aren't always received warmly um, or they can be threatening maybe sometimes to some folks. Um, and I admit to feeling that myself. So how do you, how do you deal with that? What I have found more often than not is if you pick your moment, and you bring in something that you're really excited about, other people get excited about it too. I, I totally hear what you're saying about you know, change management and things that are different or new, but I think if you can present it as, you know, I'm really excited about this and I wanna show you kind of a new angle on what we're doing, I don't know, I think educators are up for that these days, just from what I've found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what about like the, people are always trying to compare schools to businesses. We want to run it like a business. Is that, do you run into any of that as sort of a, a sticking point of friction for bringing in these ideas from industry or from non-educators? Well, I wouldn't say that, <laughs> um, you know, I'm arguing that schools should be run like businesses. There's a great essay by someone named uh, Robert Evans about how schools shouldn't be run like businesses. The suggestions that I usually would try to make are, for example, like, hey, you know what, like we're trying to build this website for our class. None of us have ever built websites before, so let's go find somebody who does this professionally because we want to have a great website for learning. So we're not trying to be more like the business. We're trying to become a more dynamic learning environment, and we're sort of scavenging about for the best possible route to better learning. Yeah, I, I think the idea of learning from what business is doing doesn't mean operate or act like business. So I think you can learn so much from observing, noticing, paying attention, but that doesn't always mean copying. Sometimes by observing, you actually confirm that what you're doing is actually more appropriate for the context, but now you have clearer rationale to describe it, and that might actually foster greater buy-in because you're more articulate, having looked at it from another angle. You know, our, our culture has this phrase, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. You know, why do you think there's such a stigma behind being a generalist or knowing many different things? I, I think the modern worker, the modern leader is actually able to have this like agility or, or precognitive guidance to switch modes from being general to specific. And I think because of that agility, when they need to be a manager, a leader, help get help other people be better at the things they're doing that generalist mindset and understanding and generalist habits of being curious and learning is what's going to make them a better leader. I am not a developer, right? And I'm not a marketer and I am not a salesperson and I am not an IT expert. I am none of the things 
that are part of making Explain Everything a successful business. <laughs> but I have enough curiosity and respect for all the members who are working in each of those areas that I genuinely, one, want to understand what they're doing so I could figure out how to help them do those jobs better. And I then feel very uh, satisfied from that type of learning. Keep coming back to that word curiosity. Um, that's really important. So, I mean, this all sounds like a great idea and everything, but, but it's easier said than done, I think, for a lot of people. We're so busy and bogged down, and there's all these commitments that we have, and it takes time, and even just like knowing where to look. So you, do you guys have any suggestions or maybe processes for getting outside of your professional routines so we can find inspiration? You know, I, I think side projects are important. What I've found is that that forces you to learn quickly, um, to get feedback and to, you know, have to acquire different skills and different perspectives. Any opportunity, there's something where I've learned something that I can bring back value to my, you know, my main org. Like that's also a very conscious and deliberate thing. It's not like, hey, yeah, I go nine to five here and then, oh, but I really can't wait to get home and do X, Y, or Z. Um, I think that kind of disconnect really might signal that your passion for where you are from nine to five is not properly aligned. I think the side project idea really thrives better or best when you're also, you've also situated yourself where, where you're spending a bulk of your day and around people um, is also a place that you're finding greatly satisfying. But to further your learning, you realize you have to work outside of the constraints that your organization may present to you. You know, I've found that um, publishing on a blog every day is a significant trigger for forcing yourself to notice more in the world. I committed for 2019 to do something I did back in 2016, which was Monday through Friday. I am going to share something. I'm not, I'm, as Steve knows, I'm a reluctant writer, but I know that I probably am serving myself better and serving some other things better if I just force myself into a, a habit. Uh, but it takes some work and you need, uh, like uh, I said, thought partner, but another term is like accountability partner um, to help make sure like, hey, are you doing this? And if not, like I'm going to make, you know, help see you see this through in the beginning. I realize I've got some screaming children behind me. So this gives you a sense of the multitasking. Uh, hopefully it doesn't uh, mess up the, the podcast audio. It's totally ruined now. We'll have to start over. <laughs> I, like, I love this idea of the side project. I mean, realistically, if you've got a family, you've got a day job, you're wiped out at the end of the day, our episode eight on the series is all about that. But I'm sort of curious, you guys are doing a lot on the side. What's your advice for folks who are thinking of doing it? Or maybe they're just like, I just don't have the time. Both Steve and I, you know, we, we have young children and busy family and school and, you know, primary responsibility lives. So those are things that we have in parallel. And since we're so thoughtful and, and constantly obsessing over systems and ways to manage this, that at least we've got this partner, this thought partner <laughs> to, to figure things out. Having an obsessive discipline around it and making sure that one, you've got a system where the most important things don't get lost, but then that you're able to create dedicated and like sacred pockets of time to do things. You know, it's, it's cliche perhaps to talk about subscribing to newsletters or following to people on Twitter. But the thing is, there's maybe three, two or three newsletters that I've subscribed to from outside of education. Even if I just pay attention to the subject line, it keeps me attuned to stuff. 
Now, here's the thing, though. Um, in order to be able to benefit from that kind of noticing, you also have to have good underlying habits so that your inbox is a place that can serve you rather than it being some abyss. If your inbox is in the place, you might need to figure something else like subscribe to a podcast like yours, Michael, but make sure you have notifications on so that you're alerted just in time. So that notice that, hey, some inspiration is available and it can rise outside of the noise that might be all of your other digital clutter. So you do really have to have some processes or foundations to be able to take advantage of what, I'll, again, I'll call passive ways of being aware and attuned to stuff that's happening outside of schools. That's funny. I feel like that way about my house. Like I have to clean my house before I can <laughs> be ready to do anything or be receptive to ideas. And same thing for the email inbox, but don't be mad at me when you see how many inbox emails I have. Um, Subscribe by text, right? So figure out if that's not the place, find another way that like, hey, this is what does get my attention and it, I'll notice it. And like that, that's the key. So um, what are some of the projects you guys are working on right now that you're really excited about? I know you have the book coming out. So certainly the, the book that we, that we co-wrote and will be shipping soon is probably got the most of our at least shared shared attention. I've been, you know, continuing to to do some cool stuff with the explain everything team. One of the things that we're bringing there is a is a really tight slack integration for collaborative whiteboarding and um if you're familiar with with me or or the things I like to do as far as whiteboarding and doodling and visualization, any opportunity to make more people aware of different formats for communication thinking and developing understanding, I feel like is a good contribution to, you know, whether it's one person or many people. So uh, I'm super jazzed about that. I guess that's a work thing, uh, but uh, I, I see it as more because I just feel like there's this chance to really um, help people think about communication in different ways or in new ways. The thing I'm most excited about, marketing our book as a creative act. You know, marketing is actually about um, connecting with other people, um, having conversations like the one we're having right now. And, you know, again, using whatever small, tiny plank of a platform that you, that you get when you write a book to have interesting conversations. So where can people connect with you guys and find about more of your work? My, my blogging resurgence, it, it occurs at a very poorly named website, but it's constructivisttoolkit.com. Um, and I am sharing ideas there, though I will say the best place to connect with both of us, especially our, our most uh, active project would be the book's website, makeyourselfclear.xyz. Uh, yeah, I, I try to publish five days a week at refreshingwednesday.com. Well, thank you guys for joining me with this conversation. This has been really exciting. Good luck with the book coming out, and uh, we look forward to finding you online. Thank you, Michael. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Great to talk to you. You can see more of Rashawn and Steve's work, including the link to their latest book, in the episode notes on our website at changethenarrative.net.